Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Welcome back to the NBC Network with your host, Hurricane H. This is the Sales World Channel. And today is a topic that's always dear to myself. And I love to talk about this. I love to have you know guests that have the expertise in this topic. And uh, I, I know it's a beneficial topic to everyone out there um, because I think everybody's affected somehow by this. And so uh, without any further ado, I have with me... Um, an executive leadership coach and um he's a lot more than that i mean he's going to tell us more about his story and his background uh, but he is definitely going to bring us closer to the concept of leadership and what constitutes leadership what are the attributes and some of the stuff he's also an author of a book that 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 started and that got published this year and we're going to talk about the book and its content and the work he does so it's going to be an interesting ride and a lot of good stuff that we're going to take so folks if you're thinking about business, you're in business, you work for someone, you don't look someone, you don't like whoever you work for or you love who you work for, you know, there, there's going to be some stuff that we're going to discuss today that might be something that you can take home and utilize and, and apply in life. So we'll we'll take it there. Without any further ado, I have with me William Attaway. How are you, William? I am doing great, Hurricane. How are you? Doing terrific, man. I'm glad that we're here and I'm happy that we're here and I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. And, and definitely this is going to be I think uh, a nice topic because I love this stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just, again, I mean, you know, you and I were just quickly chatting and, uh, you know, business is part of our lives. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter who you are, what you do, you got to interact with business people. You are in business as an employee or as a leader or as a boss, whatever, manager, different roles. But in a way, one way or the other, we touch people that are in business. Yeah. Like everything around us runs through a business concept, right? <laughs> our That's homes it. are businesses, believe it or not. <laughs> if you want to That's look right. at it that way, we <laughs> operate there, right? So, so, and and the concept leadership versus not leadership is a big thing. And, uh, yeah. um, you know, there's, we're going to take some of that and dissect it today. So, so without, without even getting into that stuff, first things first, always, who is William? What's your story? What's your, you know, your background? And, you know, just to share with our client, your audiences here what you've been through in terms of got you to this and, uh, and, and the work you do. So we'll go from there. Sure. So I am a, a student of leadership. Uh, I've been a student of leadership now for over three decades, uh, a practitioner for over 25 years, both in the business world and in the nonprofit or church world. Uh, I am married to my wife, Charlotte. We'll celebrate 25 years uh, next month, actually. Congrats. Uh, <laughs> thanks. And we have two daughters. One is a freshman in college and one is a high school sophomore. I also pastor a church outside of Washington, D.C., uh, where I've been for the last 18 plus years now. Wow. <laughs> that's quite a bit in a very little census there. But, well, well that's, that's very packed there. So, so let's break that down. Uh, yeah, first of all, congrats on on the twenty five years. I mean, that's my milestone, and uh, yeah. I just I just did twenty, so I, and I was excited. I mean, you just beat me by five, so so I'm gonna be you right now. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm gonna manage. I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna do my best. I, I, again, that is a big you know achievement because I mean in today's society that's kind of like a little tough. But I, I I get you mentioned something that's powerful. You're uh, a pastor and you do church, and you know so there's some religion concept, and I think that also impacts how the relationship in marriage works and so there's a whole different angle there and and then then you you said something about you've been leading and in leadership and student leadership for 30 years so i love the way you said it student of leadership uh you know because that's the thing you know you, whether you're a leader or or you're aspiring to be a leader you're always going to be student you're always going to be learning stuff so i love what you said in three decades is no not too shabby i mean that's pretty <laughs> that's a pretty long time where you actually have to deal with you know positions yeah. where you actually have to lead people and uh, yeah. and and be in a position of authority and so on and so forth. So that's that's powerful. So again, I just wanted to to highlight those because I think those are big notes. 
and and really big big titles <laughs> if you want to call them that way i mean the the part of you being a student of of business the part of you being a leader and uh, you know just being a, a pastor itself that's another one i mean now that's something you've done i mean you have a phd i think in theology or is that so what it is I actually in biblical backgrounds in archaeology. Uh, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I, I thought I, I read something about PhD in in, in uh, I guess religious you know stuff. So I, I assumed you know just yeah. PhD. But but archaeology that's pretty cool. <laughs> I, I love listen that that's beautiful, man. You know, I mean, I I guess you you, you dig Indiana Jones, right? <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> I've I've had the privilege to be on staff at a couple of digs over in Jordan, uh, and and work on the sites there. It's just incredible incredible opportunity no doubt uh, yeah i mean listen i, I you know i uh, i used to enjoy anything with geology archaeology and then all yeah. that stuff when in, in back in the days when i was in, a student and it just you know very interesting that you know the discoveries and things that you find through these these opportunities and digs and tre- I, i'm not talking about treasures because those can be also sure. part of it but there sure. are treasures even bones are sometimes treasure because they they they're really yeah. things that we discover that can give us education about you know alive and in our history and so on and so forth so there's always something new that that we discover in always. the ground <laughs> always so, so that work is good but but now you transited from there or you stayed mm-hmm. in the world of archaeology and, and you built yourself because you, you mentioned something about being in business and then for, mm-hmm. for the not-for-profit i get i mean that's the church sure for the profit you know was that like for companies or or maybe in in the world of archaeology and doing you know working for some organizations that do that yeah, this was back in the mid '90s. I worked in a telecommunications company in the southeast uh, in okay. their wireless division, and worked there for several years, uh, three years. Uh, you know, learning, growing, uh, and learning to to communicate, learning to teach, uh, and that's where I started to learn how to coach, uh, both there and in the job I'd held previously as an office manager, where I was responsible for hiring and unfortunately firing a number of people uh, that were in my charge. And it was in those roles in the in the business world that set me up to take a lot of the 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 study that I had done around leadership and begin to put this into practice. Okay, you know, you've you've read about it and you've learned about great leaders. What does it look like to put that into practice in a in a business environment? So in two different environments, I got to put that into practice. And then transitioning into the local church, well, now that's a whole different ballgame because now you don't have a paycheck to hold over somebody's head to say, hey, I want us all to do this together. Um, you don't have that anymore. People can just walk away. So leadership looks different in a, in a nonprofit or in a church context than it does in the business world. But what I learned is that the principles are still the same. People are still looking for the same things in a leader that they want to follow. Well, that's pretty powerful stuff. And, you know, uh, so, so two things I, you know, we went to the business, you know, cause I, I, did, I wanted to just get more on, on the archeology span piece, but, but, you know, uh, so you did that and it was done and then you started the, the career path in the communication. So we did that now, now, but you said it, you work for a company and you started there, uh, you started as an employee and then you moved up. Sure. Is that so, sure. so, okay. So you went through sure. the route and, uh, and now like, I want to go back to that point, right? Cause, cause when you start working, mm-hmm. you, every one of us watching and listening right now, they all have an expectation of what their boss is going to look like. And I, I by the sure. way, I don't like that word, but I'm going to use it just, yeah, just as, sure. as a, a contrast, right? Because, uh, uh, you know, we shouldn't even use that word in, in, our, <laughs> in our lives. But unfortunately, it, it comes with, you know, the territory. It's like, you know, people yeah. have this. And, uh, uh, and you know, someone gets into a position of authority and there is a, there's the power trip. And sometimes I like to feel that, that power. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, a, that's a big thing that we want to dissect today. Hopefully, you know, you can give us some enlightenment on what that looks like and how we can prevent, you know, falling into that power trip business that comes along. Right. But then when you started as an employee, and that's the other thing, the reason I'm asking this, a lot of people are like, well, you're good at this and you're the leader and you're this, but what do you know about being an employee? <laughs> that's why I asked the question about where you started. Cause you know how it is, right? People always question, Absolutely. Oh, you, you know, you don't know nothing, you know, no, I do know some things cause I, I came <laughs> up the ranks and that's why, you know, I know exactly how it works. And I think everybody, 99%, 95%, I would say, of people start somewhere before they get to that next level. There are people that are, I guess, they they're lucky. They either come in into a role as leadership through, back, you know, based on education or sometimes through uh, a venture, a business, family, whatever, and they just have the ability to go right to the leadership or or the position of leadership. And let's let's talk about because you can be in a position of leadership but not be a leader. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> and, and we have a lot of examples out there, right? So, 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 thank you for clearing that because that's important to just for audiences that you know we do start. Now, when you started, you have an expectation. You had an expectation. What was your ideal 
leader for you at the time before you actually <laughs> became a leader yourself? Yeah, I think an ideal leader is one who sees you as an as a person, not just as a cog in the machine, not just as somebody who who accomplishes a task, but as an actual 3D human being. And this is one of the things that I teach leaders today is that I believe that we have come to a point in our culture where this is this is not something that's on the periphery anymore. This is central. You know, particularly in, in the last few years with the waves and the discussion around quiet quitting and the discussion around work-life balance, uh, you know, all of a sudden people want to be seen for a being a human being <laughs> that, that has a life outside of the hours that they spend at work. And when a leader pours into and invests in a team member, seeing them as that person beyond just what they do, well, that's a game changer. That's going to change not just that relationship between that leader and that team member, but it's also going to change how that team member views what they're doing at work. They're not going to see what they do as simply something where they got to punch in, punch out, and get out as fast as possible. My experience and the experience of the leaders that I coach has been that when they are treated as people, when they are seen as individuals who have value beyond what they do, well, they they lean in. They lean into that. And all of a sudden, they're not ready to just quit and run down the street for another buck more an hour or, you know, another perk here. Now, to have a leader that that invests in you, that pours into you, that's what I always wanted. And that's what I coach leaders today on becoming, because I think that's a difference maker. So, 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 William, I love what you said. There is so much there as well. <laughs> I think we got to just, you know, just, uh, you know, unpack all that stuff slowly but surely. But, but, but you're right. The first thing that you mentioned is that you want someone, you wanted someone that, that look at you as, as who you were, as a human, as somebody is important, and as a person, not just as the work that you do, that you're just yeah. basically a robot and a machine that's just processing whatever, you know, services or products that you are, you know, delivering at the time. And, and, and that's a big thing because I think everybody has their own pride, their own ego, their own personality. And sometimes right. in some parts, and I've seen some places where, you know, people are being mistreated or they're being screamed at, or like, you know, people are condescending yeah. to them and it's just not a good position and they're not even appreciated. And uh, yeah. so, so, you know, I think we all people watching and listening, you probably have encountered something of that nature where somebody was reprimanding someone in front of you, or sure. you can tell that was not a good you know experience for them or, you know, and, and it's not, it makes you feel wrong, right? You know, like you're not too good because like that doesn't appeal when you see something like that. And I don't think anyone that works for anyone at any given time, wants to have that experience and be in a position where they're not being valued for who they were and yeah. not just for the work they do. I mean, I think, yes, the work you do is important because obviously there is there's an exchange, there's an agreement that you can deliver, you know, a, a workload and services, whatever. But in exchange, you want to get, you want to feel important. You want to feel that you're actually part of, you know, uh, the vision and so on and so forth. And so that's important. So thank you for clarifying that. I think that for audiences, that's an important piece that if you are looking, and I, I, I say this sometimes when we do discussions about interviews, when you interview, you, it's a two-way street. You are looking at, you know, they interviewing you, you interviewing them. Because if you don't feel right about that that vibe, and you think that this is going to be where you're going to be really not seen for who you are and you are up, you know, you know your potential and your person, then yeah. it may not be a good fit. So, and vice versa. Obviously, as leaders, you want to see some qualities in those those particular you know candidates. But but so so that's the first thing. Now now you manage to go to the next level. And you became a manager. Now, I remember that day myself when I transited from being an actual agent or rep to a manager. And, you know, it does come with like, wow, I got this. Now I'm in charge, right? <laughs> so so, so it, it kind of comes with that little sweet, you know, uh, kind of moment. But then you have to be careful in that moment. Yeah. Uh, in your history, in your expertise and experience, what was that like transition? Because I can tell you, it can be very unique and different for each and every one. And there are people that take it the wrong way. There are people that take it to the extreme. There are people that know what to do with it. And no one is trained to do that. When you transit into the role and you're given the authority, mm -hmm. people react. And their reactions can be completely different from when I'm... We're talking right now just manager level. We're not even talking about director and you know, you know, senior level leadership or sure. like you know, entrepreneurial business ownership type of thing. But, but And by the way, leaders can be beyond this. I mean, you talked about you know, not-profit church. But we also can talk about, you know, 
<laughs> Today is the world soccer USA. Congrats, USA, folks. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> yeah, baby, go USA. <laughs> you know, I just I had to say that. So so yeah, baby. Um, but but you know how it is. There's leaders. You can see them in 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 those those fields, and you got those coaches like going like, yeah, hey, you and putting a plan together and seeing it in effect. So it's a lot of yeah, political leaders. You got all kind of stuff going on around the world. But the first thing is again, we see the same problem. Actually, it doesn't matter where you are. You could be in any position. Your behavior can determine whether your team, your country, your politics, yeah. everything's going to apply correctly. And then if yeah. you're in the wrong place and you're doing the wrong thing, everything collapses and it becomes a problem. Even in church. I mean, we can talk about that also Absolutely. in religion. If you're not, to your point, these are people are not getting a check. So how do you get them to do what you want to do and, and follow if you're not really careful about it or if you're just you know, robbing them the wrong way? You might not get you know a nice little attendance, for example, right? That could be a yeah. problem. So, so that changes the dynamics across the board. So when you transit it, what was the first thing that came to mind and how to really, because you didn't have, I, I'm assuming you didn't have the coaching that you do today. No. <laughs> <for others. laughs> and, and I think most of us don't have when we're starting yeah. into a role because, you know, you, they see a potential in you and they just plug in there. Oh, you can do this. You know, now you have a team. Okay, go run with it. <laughs> and most of the time people are qualified based on their success doing the job, not their leadership skills, because you're a good salesperson. Okay, you become a sales manager. Not necessarily always true. Not every sales, true. sales manager is a good salesperson. <laughs> not every good salesperson can be a manager, right? That's and right. So, so, or leader. And that's the other thing. There's a big difference between managing and leading, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so what was that that transition for you like? You know, when when I transitioned, I had I'd been promoted twice and I was now managing a team of about 15 people. Nice. And when I when I stepped into that role, all of a sudden I realized, wow, I I don't know how to do this. I've never done this before. And there's a sense that that you can feel a little bit overwhelmed mm -hmm. uh, because you're exactly right. There's no training, right? There's no coaching. There's no, uh, in most cases, that you just get, you know, here, here, <laughs> jump in the deep end. Here you go. Uh, and, and I hope you can swim or learn quickly. And that's really how too many leaders are put into their position or put into their role. Um, so for me, it was it was a sense of, I don't know what I don't know here. And so I had to learn to ask questions. I had to learn to listen more than I spoke. Uh, and and those were those were learnings that I learned the hard way because at the beginning, I didn't do those things well. And I learned quickly, hang on a second. I don't know enough to make a statement. I need to ask questions and learn. And in, in that process, that's how I learned the power of the right questions. You're never going to get the right answers unless you ask the right questions and then shut up and listen. I would say amen. <laughs> that was, that was, I had to. <laughs> well done. Well done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have your presence, so I have to. Right? <laughs> so, 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 but, but you're right. I mean, it's it's amazing that you said that because that is really true true for everyone, right? I mean, no one sure. is prepared. You think you are. I mean, now I got yeah. the job. I got this. Right. But now you have to deal with personalities the same way. Like, and that's the other thing. When you see it, you're basically in a different level. And when I mm -hmm. and I, I the way I kind of describe this sometimes is like being in a high building, high rise, yeah. right? And the the higher you go, the vision becomes clear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the lower, you're not seeing the whole picture, and you go up. I mean, if you're in a penthouse, you get the whole mm -hmm. view, right? So, so that's exactly kind of like when when you're you know uh, going up the ladder of of management or leadership. You know, sometimes as an employee or as as an entry point level, you're not seeing the big picture because sometimes you're not being shared that. They're not giving you that picture. So That's you right. just they, they just give you here's your task for the day. This is your stuff that you have to do and you do it. But you're not there's no buy-in because you don't even understand. You just know that you have to do a job. And if you don't do your job, you gotta get fired. That's it. That's right. And you have a paycheck. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's really what what happens. And that's actually I I believe that's wrong. And I don't think, and I think that's what these coachings that you do are super, you know, important to all leaders, at, you know, most of different levels, but specifically the higher hierarchies, because at the highest level, you want to make sure that you have the vision, you share the vision downline, and mm -hmm. everybody should buy into that vision. Without that, you know, it's like they don't understand what's going on. If they don't understand it, they cannot see your vision. They can't apply it correctly to your vision. And then that's a problem. And we've seen that in, in different, you know, business, you know, companies worldwide where if they do it and apply it correctly the results are phenomenal and if they don't you know it's a problem right mm -hmm. so so you you've but you said something powerful is that you didn't you figured it out that you didn't know everything but now you started learning so that first thing that people 
need to understand is that learning is part of you growing and into whatever the leadership role that you're going to be. And if you think that you already know everything <laughs> yeah. and that I got this, well, you don't got it because you're not going to know everything and you're going to make the mistakes and then you're going to fail. And so that's the other part, right? So the emphasis on learning is important. And you just highlighted that. That was the first thing that, and that was smart because I mean, you figured out easily that I need to ask the right questions and I need to learn more and become an expert in this to be able to do more. And people look up to you. Yeah. You know, I would say one more thing there, Hurricane. I would say that it's not just a habit of learning, but it's also the posture in which you exercise that. I love it. You can you can read a book a day and not learn anything. You have to have a posture of a teachable spirit. And this is one of the things, this is actually the very first of the principles that I talk about in the book that came out this year. The, the, the one non-negotiable to be catalytic as a leader is to constantly focus on maintaining a teachable spirit. That means I'm going to choose every single day to be the most teachable person in every setting I'm in, every meeting, every conversation, every relationship. I want to be the most teachable person in the room. I want to be learning constantly because the fact is you can learn from anybody. Sometimes you learn what not to do. That can be incredibly valuable. <laughs> that is if you if you know what not to do everything else becomes easier right exactly right <laughs> you know it's like that's, that's the default setting you know once you like i would say once we know the don'ts everything else right. is to do so let's that's get right. that exactly. out of the way. but i love what you said about like being the application in, is being always coachable and yeah. in a learning mode and always accept the learning from anyone in any given moment because yes. you go outside to a store and you might learn something. <laughs> you meet yeah. someone and you learn something every day. We learn things. Now, that's if you're open to it. But if you say, I'm already full, yes. I'm good, I'm done. I don't right. need anybody who are you to tell me, you know, I, I am the leader. I'm the boss. You know, I got this. You know, you just started yesterday. Then it becomes a problem. And then that's the ego plane. And, you know, you're already a cup full. It's over. Right. And, and that's that will destroy you quickly. Unfortunately, we've seen some of those examples happen in sure. real life. So, sure. So, so. You went to that level. Now, now you you started thinking that this is where it needs to be. Like you know, I need to to share this 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 wisdom with other people. And now, this company you you started. Uh, first of all, what, the name of the company. The company I started is Catalytic Leadership. Yes. So 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 when was that? Uh, that was actually five years ago. Uh, I had been coaching leaders for the for over 20 years now, uh, both inside and outside the church. But I started the company as a way of saying, I want to be very intentional about what I'm doing for leaders, uh, specifically around the idea of senior leaders and emerging leaders. Those two are, are ones that I've spent a lot of time with over the last few decades. And what I want to do is help them understand a couple of things. First, you don't get better accidentally. As a leader, <laughs> leadership <laughs> is a skill and it's a skill that it must be developed. I believe we should develop it intentionally. Uh, I've never yet met a great leader who woke up one day and said, oh, wow, I'm a great leader. I don't know how that happened. I didn't mean for that to happen, but here I am. I've never once met that leader. It's the result of very intentional, very purposeful effort and development. It's also the result of coaching. And that's why I devote so much of my time to coaching leaders, again, both inside and outside the local church, because I believe that leadership matters far more than any of us think. We don't spend a lot of time dwelling on this. I do, because I see the power and the influence that a leader can have. When you help a leader get better, when you help them to grow intentionally, they begin to thrive. And that doesn't just affect them. That affects every person on their team everybody that they're leading, all their customers, all their clients. It affects their spouse. It affects their kids, all because that one leader chose to grow and get better. That's why I spend my time working to help leaders get better, to grow, because I, I see so much impact there, so many ripples that come from that one choice that a leader can make. That is very, very powerful You know, statement. That's a super powerful statement, I would say. Because you, the thing is, when you're a leader, you're impacting lives, mm -hmm. yeah. and and those lives are whether your customers and your first customers are your employees, but then not only them, their families. I mean, a good example: right. if you make the wrong decision and the company goes down, 
Yeah. Now, now all these people are scrambling for income and resources and stuff. And then, yeah, families right. that can lose their their homes. And their, their, there's sometimes divorce that can happen. There's sometimes suicide that can happen. There's so much stuff that can. It's like that ripple effect that you talk about. I mean, that's, that's like that's a tsunami yeah. that actually sometimes you know devastates, and you don't even know that you did that because. Yeah. And if you're not prepared and qualified, then that's what happens because your your all the yeah. decisions are going to be like off. And then it's not going to, and then you're never going to see the results correctly. And then you're always going to complain why we're not doing, why we're not succeeding. Well, that's because you're not doing <laughs> the right way. Right. And, and it's avoidable. Like you can avoid that ditch. <laughs> you don't have to drive into it. Right. You just have to choose to be teachable. Correct. Choose to be teachable and seek out somebody who's going to help you see what you can't see. But now what? So teachable. Is all, and you said intentional, right? Mm-hmm. So, so there's two things here. You have to have the intent first, <laughs> and yes. to have intent, you have to be aware. <laughs> yes. So, that's so true. if you're not aware <laughs> that you actually don't know and you think you already know, then you're not yeah. going to take any steps further, right? That's and right. you have to be able to 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 absorb and willing to take and invest in you. And a lot of people sometimes they get a position they think that you know this is it, I'm done. You know, I'm not yeah. going to be learning anymore. You know, or oh, I got this, I'm I'm the top. And and then yeah. if, and you know we've seen a lot of CEOs move <laughs> and step yeah. down and the boards terminating folks you know and so on and so forth we've seen a lot of you know countries fail because of leadership mm-hmm. right uh, mm-hmm. we've seen war started because of leadership that could be completely off right Absolutely. so it, it could be disastrous across the board and but but so so I want to go back to two two questions well maybe two points one is in your expertise what mm-hmm. would how would you define leadership just mm-hmm. as as a, a, a pure definition. If there is one, I know there's so many versions of it, but in your mind, based on your expertise. And the other one is, you mentioned something about leaders have to be coached and so on and so forth. But but there's always that, the expression we hear, natural born leaders. <laughs> Someone who has that yeah. you know, in them as, as an innate, something that's already in you from birth or sure. there are traits that we, and, and those, are, those are real. I mean, we've seen Absolutely. people that have that. So so let's define these two because I think for audiences, it would be great to put these in context right now and just here's what leadership is and here's basically you know what some people have by birth <laughs> and mm-hmm. what they can do to enhance. And there are people that don't have it by birth, but certainly can still become good leaders. Absolutely. So leadership first, I think the best definition is John Maxwell's leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less, right? Leadership is influence with other people. So often I see leaders running hard in the the middle of hustle culture, right? Trying to get things done. A leader's job is not to get things done. A leader's job is to get things done through other people. That's by influence. That's how you do that. And so I think leadership at its core, if you boil it all the way down, that's where it boils down to. Now, can you increase your influence with other people? Of course you can. Can you leverage your influence in better and greater ways? Of course you can. That's a skill. It's a skill that you learn to develop. Are you going to use your influence for your own benefit, as we've seen many leaders do? Or are you going to use your influence for the benefit of other people? I think these are elements that are part of that influence package. And we have to be aware of that when we're stepping into a role. Now, you ask about a natural born leader. Are there people who are naturally skilled and gifted at this? Absolutely. Of course. Some of the greatest charismatic leaders that we know are people who had influence for days, right? They just had so much of it. But why? When you boil it down, it comes down to... What are they leveraging their influence for? For themselves or for the benefit of others? A leader who leverages influence for their own benefit rarely will have a lot of people following them for long because people smell that. They see that, they smell that, and they're not going to stick around long term. So are there people who are naturally gifted? Sure, absolutely. Just like there are people who are naturally gifted in all kinds of areas. But does that mean you can't develop this skill? Of course not. It's just like any other skill. You can develop it if you choose to do so. But just like any other skill, you want somebody who's going to help guide you and help you avoid the ditches. And that's what we do, right? As somebody who has has been doing this for a little while and has coached hundreds of leaders in so many different contexts, from government to academia to small business to C-suite to military, all these different areas, and yet there are threads that run consistently through them. Because if you want to increase your influence, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter where you do it. It doesn't matter what your background is. 
you can grow if you choose to do so. And that's where it begins. That's the intentional piece. You got to make a choice. You got to make a decision. You, you say that there are a lot of leaders who just get into leadership and, and they just kind of like begin to kick back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I call that a drift. You, you drift, right? And when you first start out in a new role, you're overwhelmed a little bit and you're like, oh my goodness, you're forced into a learning posture because you don't know how to do it yet. But over time, yeah, I got this. I got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you start to drift, right? Well, you know, if you're drifting in the lazy river on an inner tube, that's kind of nice. But that's the only drift that's really nice. There is no such thing as good leadership drift. There is only a drift into mediocrity. Mediocrity inspires nobody. Nobody says, ooh, I want to be mediocre. Can I please do that? How can I be more mediocre? Nobody's excited about that. And yet that's what a drift does. You drift into mediocrity. Wow. <laughs> it, it's, it's quite a bit of powerful stuff we, 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 you're sharing right now. And, and the key word you mentioned as, as part of the definition is influence. And, 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 and again, I think everybody watching and listening right now, if they pay attention to world events and you know history and business world, whatever it is, even in their own, whatever their employment is, whether they're entrepreneurs or they work for others and you know whatever the case may be, um, you can see to your point what that influence does. It's either going to get everybody to, to jump for yeah. you and do whatever and they're there for you and they, they're willing to be with you, good, bad, ugly, they're there. And or they're just basically going to hate your guts and not mm-hmm. going to support you, and they just leave you to your point. Now you're not drifting; you're really drowning. <laughs> yeah, that's right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. that's I mean, right. they'll just push you down because they will like to sabotage you and, and yeah. boycott you and stuff. And 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 that's the other thing, you know. Uh, leadership is not about being, you know, having an approval rate where, like, you know, you're no. loved. It's not about no. being loved. It's about being respected. And and really, you know, people look up to you like, you know, wow. Right. You know, now because sometimes people take it from like the power. I'm the authority. I'm the boss. Who do you think mm-hmm. you are? As opposed to like, we're in this together. Let's do this. And, you know, I count on you. you without you, I can't do this. Right. Just the, the message makes a difference. If people see. And by the way, and it has to be sincere yeah. and honest because they can read through Absolutely. that. And it's going to take only a few, few instances before they realize that you're phony and it's over. And then there's the trust yes. and credibility is gone down the tubes and it's over for you. So it is it is not as simple as people think. And yeah. again, people out there, you know, everybody the traditional concept is that you start in a business and you want to work your, you know, the ladder, right? And uh, you jump up to the next level, next level, and hopefully you make it to the C-suite and whatever the case may be, and maybe even become the lead. But, but, and yeah, and every stage gives you some authority and some level of, of understanding and better vision and view and things like that. So it comes with perks as well, but you never forget who you were and where you started. And that's the other mistake that I think happens all the time that people forget where they started and, you know, they don't, they don't remember like there was a day where they were exactly in the same shoes and you know and now all of a sudden you forget your humble beginnings right yeah, <laughs> not a cool exactly. not a cool place you know to be but but it happens but i love what you said about the intention piece and 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 the willingness to actually really grow and ability to absorb and learn and practice what you learn yeah so so now now that's that's the general concept of leadership, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, the whole thing about influence. Uh, by the way, I I personally believe that if you're a true leader, you will influence others to become leaders as well. I don't think you're mm-hmm. a leader unless you don't make leaders <laughs> out. Well, a leader has to be the one who makes leaders, uh, because is a non-leader going to make leaders? Of course not. <laughs> no, the but the only but way that, leaders are made is by other leaders. Absolutely right. But but some some leaders are in in the leader. Well. I'm not going to call leaders. Some people in a position of leadership, you mm-hmm. know, they're just in a position of leadership, but then they're not leaders themselves. Therefore, they do not right. you know, foster and nurture other leaders. That is true. But because that of fear, true. because of like, oh, if I nurture you, you're going to take my spot. You know, it's yeah. funny because I, I have a question in my interviews, like, where do you see yourself? And I love them to say in your seat. I enjoy that. When someone says, I want to be in your position, it's like, you're the yeah. man, <laughs> you're the lady. <laughs> I want you in here. You know why? Because yeah. by doing that, we all grow. Right. That's so right. The, the aspiration that they have now, sometimes that's a pitch. They do it, but yeah. you know, there's more follow-up questions to, to dig in further. But at least you have, you know, where someone has that, they're really, you know, going you know, for your for your your rank or for your seat. 
beautiful. Yeah. That means we're all going to grow. Right. And, and that's it. I mean, I did it. I mean, when I was looking up in, my, in the ladder, you know, in my world, uh, I never looked at my hierarchy as like, I want your seat because I want you out. No, yeah. I want your seat because I want you to go to the next level. I don't have a problem. You can go to the highest level. I just want to be the second in command, but I still go to the next level, you know, and yeah. that's it. That's okay. And so, so it's that kind of thing, but it takes your, you know, your mindset when you are growing and it takes your mindset when you're already grown to that next level. And, and then you have to also pull people towards, you know, you and pull people towards the next level. And, you know, you should be proud when you have a generation of leaders that you actually, you know, really uh, help you know, nurture into those roles. And some of them, I've had an op- I have a couple opportunities where people actually have exceeded my ranking in other places, yeah. you know, yeah. that, that I've coached and mentored. And you know what? I have no shame in the game saying it. I'm proud of them. They did it. It was all them. It was not me. I helped them. I, I yeah. showed the value and the rest was theirs. And the other part is I also think that as leaders, we have to thank people that helped us. Yes. And sometimes we forget all the people that are, because no one makes it without other people. You said it. No, Without the coaching no. and the mentoring, doesn't happen. That's right. Sometimes we forget That's, that. <laughs> I, I stand on the shoulders of every single person I've ever learned from, either at a distance or in person. I've benefited from their investment into me, either through their personal investment hands-on or through their writing or their leading. I got to benefit from that. Why would I not want to be a conduit of what has been poured into me so that I can then pour it out into others? Why do I feel like I have to be a reservoir and hold it all in? It's all just for me. No, I want to be a conduit. I want to share that, which is why I do what I do. I love it. Is it wor- wor- keywords, conduit, reservoir. This is not just to keep here the knowledge and just you know let it mm-hmm. die with me. You want to make sure that you deliver that into others, and therefore that 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 power is continuously growing and 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 shared with others. And you know it's amazing because knowledge is not meant to be held back it's meant to be given and transited from generation to the other although technically again i make this you know comment all the time if that had you know been the case we would have been still in the dark ages because no one would have given us the next item to actually build from and and unfortunately unfortunately that's not the case knowledge is being handed over and you know it's not it's available and and sometimes we have to seek more of it and guidance and things like that because again there's raw stuff raw knowledge and there's guided knowledge and it can yeah. can can benefit both ways, but but the idea that you said conduit is powerful because you want to be that 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 almost system that actually delivers the goods and the 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 enlightenment and you know the the knowledge and and the, the brightness to the the world. I mean, it's really you know enlightening. And then and then as opposed to like just you know have you as like the, I know this and I don't want no one else to know because that's my secret. If I share it with them, it's dangerous. And I think that some people do think that way, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, oh, oh I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you how I did this. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, and that's that's kind of crazy to me because like I'm not gonna live long enough to make all the mistakes myself, Hurricane. Like I want to learn how to avoid the ditches that other people have driven into. Once I learn that. Why would I not share that information so other people can avoid those ditches too? Why would I not help them and encourage and empower them to hit the highest that they are capable of? That's the true joy of a leader. That's what I heard in what you said a minute ago, right? You've been able to to pour into and be a part of the journey of people who have gone on and accomplished great things. That's joy. That is a leader's joy. Somebody who's about just holding it all in for themselves, that's not leadership. That's something else. A power trip. <laughs> yeah. You know, or, or selfishness, ego, pride. You know, I, we can yeah. we can have a whole different dictionary, <laughs> you yeah. know, put together for that. But but you're right. It's it's about what you give and, and it's your legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, sure. Legacy. I mean, really, knowledge, you 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 learn, you learn every day. You exchange that learning, you share that learning with others and other folks, you know, may eventually give it to the next generation and so on and so forth. Yeah. And it's spread, it's like you're in church, spread the word. Right? Well, that's yeah. it. Same and again, concept. that's where the conduit language comes from, right? Everything God puts in our hands is not just for us. It's for the benefit of those around us. Am I going to be a conduit or am I going to be a reservoir and try to hold it all in just for me? Not a good plan. Well, that's one. And then the practice of it, right? You know, yeah. you know, so you can preach, but you can, if you know, practice oh, sure. what you preach, it doesn't work. So well, talk sure. the talk, walk the walk and in leadership, well, that's, it. that's the thing. Like some people know stuff, but they're not 
they have no way of disseminating that to the others and kind of right. bring them into the, the, the realms. And, and that's a problem. And, and I think that's what drives me to write, to speak, to coach, because I want to pass on what has been entrusted to me. Like I want to pass on from my experience. I don't believe the experiences that I have had the opportunity to learn from are just for me. I think they're for the benefit of those around me. And I want to share those. I want to pour those out so other people can benefit and learn and grow and achieve greater things. I think there is so much more potential in leaders than they know. And so often they settle for mediocrity. They settle for a drift when they could be soaring. Well, they, they just basically are in the comfort zone and uh, that's mm-hmm. it. And, and yeah. there was, there's another piece that you mentioned earlier, if it's only for them. And mm-hmm. the end of the game is that I want to make more money and I don't care who I step right. on and, and so right. on and so forth. So therefore, they're not, they're just full of themselves and then I don't care what happens to the rest. And then that's the problem. You know, when you really are truly that you care about what happens to your team, you care about that's what happens right. to everybody. You actually right. make it your, uh, you know, point to actually check out on people. You make it your point to check out on, you know, uh, what's going on with your staff. You check on and like things, you know, and 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 make sure, like you talked about, life, you know, balance, right? It's it's a problem. People sometimes they just work, 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 and you know they're just being used, and abused. And you know, I'm just putting it on the table here because, yeah, you know, and that it's becoming a lot more relevant now for people, and they don't care anymore. Yeah. I think past the pandemic, people have realized what that meant, and therefore people are not taking that anymore. Yeah. You know, if I don't see the value, I'm out of here. And 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 it's created another problem because now people are, don't want to work. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's the opposite. It's like almost like a reaction to to the whole thing. But right. but you know, if there is no true balance, and there's again, they, all these things have to come in. It's like the vision, the intention, the mm-hmm. the ability to to share, you know, being a conduit versus reservoir. All these things have to apply in order for you to actually thrive. And then everything around you thrives. I mean, it's it's like you know having a garden. You want to like really nurture the garden. That's <laughs> right. Some water, some nutrients, and stuff like that. The right sun, whatever, and then yeah. eventually you get nice fruits and you get some nice outcome. But if you don't take care of it, it's over. Yeah, you don't take the fruits the first time, and then it dies yeah. on you, and it's over. Good luck, right. you know, rebuilding because now no one's going to work for you, and the, the land is not going to give. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. People don't want to be treated as cogs in a machine. When we treat people as though they have value, they respond. They respond positively. Why would we not do that? If for no other reason than it's the right thing to do, because every person does have value. Everybody, actually, that's powerful. Everybody is valuable. I actually, I, I say this all the time, and actually, I even put something a week or something. Everyone is special. Everyone is yes. beautiful. Everyone is important. Yes. Everyone is the best. It doesn't matter who says what, it's how you feel. And you do believe, you have to believe that you have something special with you. No one, everybody's unique. You are you, I'm me. There's only one me. There's only one you. We might have, you know, multiplicity folks that look like us maybe, (laughs) but we, but, but there is only one you, one her. And and that's the difference. So you believe in that as, as a person, then know that you have value. And if you're not valued, then maybe it's time for you to consider going somewhere where the value is being recognized. And that's all there is, because sometimes that's the thing. Your value is attached to a dollar sign, maybe. Yeah. And, and and they don't see in maybe that there is some problems. There's some barriers or hurdles that are actually not, you know, giving you the opportunity to actually thrive. That's but right. if they do see the value in you, they can place you in the right place, maybe, and give you the right elements. The rest is going to happen. Yeah. Simple. So, 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 William, uh, we, we, you mentioned the book. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about the book and, yeah. and, and, and really the core elements of the book. I mean, I think there's, there's 12 pieces to that book or messages that I think that, that you share as strategy or tips. So let's talk about the book, the name of the book, and then what, is, what are some of these things and that, that people can apply in leadership? And uh, yeah, let's start with that. Sure. So the book is Catalytic Leadership. And the, the, the core of the book is principles that I've learned in my own journey as a leader, as a student of leadership, and also as a coach to leaders in all of the contexts that I mentioned earlier. In, in coaching these leaders, I have learned principles that are consistent. If you want to be catalytic as a leader, you want to make a difference, you want to make an impact. There are principles that are important to know and to practice. And so that's what the book captures. It captures 12 of those principles that no matter your context, no matter where you lead, what you lead, or how long you've led, 
you can take and you can begin to apply these today. I wrote it in a very conversational style. I wanted it to feel like we were sitting across the table having coffee. So, you know, if if you want somebody who's going to pour into you from the experience that they have encountered in others and had themselves, that's what the book is. Wow. So, so can you share some of the, the the pointers, some some of the elements of the book? Obviously, we want we want actually folks to actually do seek the book, and 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 we'll talk about where they can get it. But if you know, we can just share some of the highlights of of the items that that are maybe common commonalities between some of the leaders that you coach over the years. Sure. Uh, the first one we've already talked about, and that is to the intentional cultivation of a teachable spirit. Uh, that's a decision that any leader can make today. It doesn't cost you a nickel. It just costs you a decision. <laughs> you have to choose. And you have to choose to have that teachable spirit in whatever context you're in. Now, that's a lifetime learning goal, right? You're never going to stop doing that. And there's never going to come a point where you can say, oh, I got it. I'm there. Now, every day, that's a consistent decision I'm going to make. And that's one thing I coach leaders to make. When you have that, that's going to help you avoid that drift into mediocrity. So, so. Executive decision. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That that is a tough one. I mean, you know, most of people are afraid of that. Yeah. You know that that I think the biggest probably I think element where people with leaders in general or even non leaders is to making a decision. Making a decision sure. is powerful because you 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 make the best judgment based on the best sets of things and information and insights that you have, but then you still have to make the call. Yeah. Usually people are shy away from making the call. I don't want to be the one that pulled the trigger. I don't want to be the one that made the call. I don't want to be the stuff. And that's actually, I think, what differentiates a true leader versus someone who's not. Because yeah. the ability to make those calls, and sometimes they don't always pan out. And that's that's part of the deal. And they're the yeah. best assessment and the best choices and the best insights, the best information you had. You those are the that was the best outcome you could possibly or decision outcome that you can do, and you do, and 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 sometimes the fear of maybe failing or the fear of like you know having an adverse reaction based on your decision, you know, yeah. prevents you from this making the decision. You know, yeah. it's just a matter of calculating, right? It's a calculating risk. That's right. Yeah, and I think that leads into another one of the principles, which is you know leaders love to change things, right? That's what we do. We bring change, particularly catalytic leaders. We want to see change because we want things to be better. We see what could be, we see what should be, and we want to make that happen. So we bring change. But how do you know what to change? What if you change the wrong things? What if you change something that's working and you didn't realize that? If it's well, not broken, don't change. <laughs> but how do you know what's broken? And that's that's where one of the other principles comes in. It's the principle of ruthless evaluation. <laughs> you have to be absolutely ruthless in evaluating what's working. I like how Andy Stanley says this. If you don't know why it's working when it's working, you won't know how to fix it when it breaks. So <laughs> we evaluate it. everything. Like we are constantly asking questions. What went right here? in this event, in this activity, in this project, in this initiative, what went right? Let's celebrate the wins. Let's start there. So often leaders don't do that. Let's celebrate the wins. Then what went wrong? Let's call it out. Like let's give the last 10% of honesty. Let's call out what went wrong. Let's put all of our ego out and let's say, hey, let's, let's own what went wrong here and be clear and consistent and honest about it. And then how do we make it better? How do we make it better next time? The next time we're in this situation or something similar, how would we do this differently? If you ask those three questions, what went right? What went wrong? And how do we make it better next time? That is ruthless evaluation. And if you can train your team and help your leadership team to ruthlessly evaluate, to give the last 10% of honesty, the first 90% is easy. The last 10% is hard. That's the part we hold back because we're afraid we're going to hurt somebody's feelings. But if you put the egos outside, you don't have to worry about that, right? That last 10% of honesty, that's where the magic is. That's where the transformation is. We got to get there. So you ask those three questions, you ruthlessly evaluate, what you're going to find is you have learned what things need changing. You're going to learn what things don't. And you're going to learn what your next steps are as you move toward greater and greater effectiveness in whatever it is that you're doing. Right. But William, you mentioned something that is important, right? Because when you said, you know, that 10% of, of clarity that you want to get from them and honesty, yeah. right? The problem is, and you said egos, right? The problem is if you are not 
fostering, nurturing yeah. the ability oh. of people to speak up. Yes. No one You'll is never gonna, get it. And everybody's going <laughs> to, exactly. Everybody's going to yeah. be afraid to tell you the honest, like, oh, you know, and if they are going to be afraid of reprimanding or disciplinary right. or whatever, it, you know, stuff happens, you know, decisions were made. Things didn't pan out the same way. So what was to your point? What was doing? What was what we did good? But then what did we go wrong? How can we turn this into an advantage for the next one? You know, now, if you go with that attitude, it's different. But if you go with the attitude, like, who's going to, whose head's going to roll today? <laughs> well, and see, and that's leading by fear. That's <laughs> leading by intimidation. But it happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it happens. Absolutely. I've seen it. I've watched it. The, the problem with that is all that's going to do is, is nobody's going to want to speak up. Nobody's going to give you, not, not just the last 10%, they're not going to give you the last 50%. What does that mean? That you don't benefit from their wisdom. You don't benefit from their insights. Nobody does. But, yeah, so what happens but, is you come to the table and you say, hey, what? so what uh, What went wrong this time? And everybody <laughs> just picks their spot on the table and nobody wants to speak. And so what happens the next time you have a similar situation? You didn't learn from it. You didn't process any learning. You didn't get any better. So the next time you fail again. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Well, you know, it that that leads us to to another piece, which as a leader, you don't know at all. You know, yeah. your team, you know, complements your knowledge. They all have different, you know, pieces of the knowledge that's necessary. And sometimes as a leader, you don't need to know everything. You hire people. I mean, again, uh, you know, I, I keep right. repeating myself sometimes in the, the shows, but I love Steve Jobs when he say we hire people to tell us what to do, not to tell them what to do, right? Yes. They know so what true. the job is, but the idea is you bring the experts, right? To the table right. and they know now it's a matter of putting it on the table and then hash it out there's no bad there's no bad ideas you yeah. know it all ideas could be potentially good some can apply some may not apply some apply today right. some apply in the future maybe they're not we're not ready for some of those big ideas right but yeah. the idea is we need to be in in, in in the same place but if it's not open and it's it's my way or the highway kind of concept then it's not going to work and so 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 is that something that you've encountered in your i guess coaching over the years where you've seen some of those practices that actually destroying some of these leaders success constantly <laughs> yeah it's oh, it's man. everywhere absolutely and, and it's not intentional it's not that there's a malicious intent at all it's that people don't want often to be told that they're wrong and you got to put that you got to put that away part of having a teachable spirit means exactly what you said earlier Understanding that I don't know everything. And that means I'm not going to be the source of every good idea. And that means that sometimes I'm going to make the wrong call. I'm going to get it wrong. And when I do, I've got to own it. And if I haven't given anybody around me permission to call that out when it happens, guess what? I'm never going to get better. That's going to be a blind spot for me that will persist for decades because I never gave anybody permission to simply say, hey, I'm not sure that was the right call. Can we talk about that? Well, you know, the key word being owning, right? Yeah. It, it is It is not easy for people to own when they make a mistake or whether intentional or not intentional, right? Sure. The problem, all of us, we have that like, we, we all have some sort of a level of ego, right? And, and you know, yeah. it's just how we tame it. <laughs> some, Absolutely. Some of us have it under control. Some of us don't have it under control. But the yeah. idea is that, you know, when you get pushed and you are in a facing a situation. So there's two things we can dwell about it or we can face it. It happened. What's next move. What can we do to change things around? And it can happen. Now, obviously you don't want to make the same mistake over and over because then that's insanity, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but what we want is, is that it can happen. And again, it's, it's to your point, you do all the, you ask all the right questions. You do all the due process, due diligence, blah, blah, blah. Then you make a decision, an informed decision. The rest of it now, is up to the circumstances. Some 99% it will work. But for that 1% where it may not go, well, guys, we did the best we could in this circumstance. You know, maybe we should just tweak this. And then now we go, what what could we have done differently? This is why it didn't work. Okay. And 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 if you allow people to come up and say, hey, listen, this is not about you. This is not about and that's it. Like sometimes we take it that's personal. It. In that's leadership, right. some people take it very that's personal. Right. It's not yeah. now whether it's your business or you work for a corporation, you're the lead because that's the role you have. It doesn't matter. Some people say, well, it's it's not your money, it's my money. It doesn't matter. You know, it, it's at the end of the day, if we all buy into the kind we talked about buying in the concept, yep. if everybody believes in your vision, 
Yep. They will believe in your company. They will support your company. If they That's believe right. in the mission and the vision, they will be there for you no matter what. You know, they'll work extra hours. They'll do whatever it takes, but not because to your point, because of fear, because they're afraid that they're going to lose their job. It's because they want to do it. That's you know, right. their families are going to encourage them. Oh, yeah, he's a good guy. She's a good gal. You know, you can support yeah. them. They're beautiful, you know, people. They take care of you. They love you too. And they're there for you when you need them. You know, that's someone you want to track and follow, you know. So, and so people will do that. But if you are, you don't like to own things and you always want to find who's who's the uh, the scapegoat <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> which is a very common you know practice <laughs> you know whose yeah. head is going to be like you know who do we blame today because right. i didn't you know I, you know i truly they will always it doesn't matter if it falls down the chain it's your fault <laughs> yeah yeah because at the end Absolutely. of the day it is still in and you watch right and so now do what what does that mean it's my fault it just means that it happened and I'm responsible, but now That's I have right. to take action. But that That's doesn't right. mean it's like, you know, it's the end of the world. We have That's to, right. there's no business that never makes mistakes. I don't think That's there right. is one. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Every, and no person, no leader. Every leader makes mistakes. That's part of leadership. The only way not to make any mistakes is to do nothing. And I think and even that we can, even that we can. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a super mistake because that's the worst. Like that's like hundred percent zero. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh my god. So, but yeah, you know, it's amazing. So, so, so the book basically started. You know, you you've published it in uh, in January, so mm -hmm. it's it's out, and it is dedicated. I, I'm assuming it's dedicated to just leaders, and or it could be also applied in 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 different realms of life, right? Absolutely. If you have influence, then if you have influence with at least one other person then you have leadership with that person. And so it. what is it? Uh, what does it look like to get better at that? That's what these principles are designed to do. And, and so the principles range from, from ruthless evaluation, the, the intentional teachable spirit, to learning how to lead yourself well. You are the hardest person you will ever lead. How do you do that well? How do you do that in a way that you're going to be able to make the run for the long haul and not flame out? Well, I, I love that because if you fail yourself, I don't think you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna succeed with others, right? That's true. <laughs> oh, you probably can lead them the wrong way. Which absolutely, is, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that's that. But but you're right. We all have surroundings, entourage, people in our you know realms, family members. Doesn't matter. To your point, even if you're solo, and I don't think of anyone that lives solo in this world. But if you were, it would just be you. But you're right. You have kids. Your family members are your immediate you know folks that you lead. Sure. It doesn't matter what what position you're in, you know, you you're still gonna do that. If you're in in a sports, you're gonna have that. If you're into any any life, you know, uh, realm, you're gonna have some sort. Of, even on vacation, you know, right. people lead. You go with a group, and this, and you know, it's sad because it's funny because there's someone that there's always someone that kind of highlights themselves as the lead, and someone that's always anti the leader. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, it's by true. default. Like, why do you get to make the decision? That's well, it's right. not like you did make the decision. I just, you know, you don't have to. Nobody else was, so exactly. I stepped in. <laughs> exactly, and, and then the other thing, they get pissed. Like, well, why you? It's like, yeah, good luck. Go why not me? Yeah, just, just do, no, do it. I always say this: you don't like what I'm doing. That's fine. I'll follow you lead. Just, just take it. Take action. Right. Take initiative. I'm, I'm do here. something. Yeah, do something. Right. And if it makes sense, I'm following you. That's it. And if not, we can go, you know, two ways. <laughs> That's good. You know, but it's it's amazing, right? But we have these things, right? We see them. But in life, and, and we've talked about the business part, but in life, we lead every day. Uh, and it's either leading towards, you know, uh, the, the good part or the bad part. We can lead That's people right. in, in destruction. We can lead people in success. And, and some people do it gracefully both sides. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Sadly, that's I mean, it can happen, right? Absolutely. Um, so, so listen. I mean, time is really flu. I don't know how this hour went by, but you know, it was. It's like it's like it just started. <laughs> but 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 it, it's so powerful stuff that you've shared with us today, and you know, I really really enjoyed this. And so so if you can leave us today and audiences with three key items to carry on with us, what mm. would those three things be? I think the first one's a, a no-brainer. It would be to cultivate a teachable spirit in your life. It's a decision you can make. It's a choice only you can make. And when you do that, that is going to impact your life in ways you can't even begin to dream yet. That's the first thing I would say. Right. The second thing I would say is uh, avoid the drift into mediocrity. <laughs> uh, that's never a destination anybody aims for, in my experience, but it's one that too many leaders end up in. Uh, because they didn't aim to stay away from it. You never drift into excellence. You always drift into mediocrity. That's the second one. The third one I would say is that as you are looking at what you do, 
have a process by which you are evaluating regularly. For me, that's a weekly review. I'm a, a fan of David Allen's getting things done system. So a weekly review is part of my rhythm. I'm looking back. I'm saying, hey, what went right this week? What went wrong? How would I make it better next time? That way I carry those learnings forward. That's for me as a leader. Our team does that. Organizationally, we do that. This is something you can apply at every level, no matter what you lead or how you lead. Your family can do that. But you have to be intentional about it. It's not just going to happen. And too often, 10 years, 20 years later, you wake up and realize you weren't intentional and 10 or 20 years have gone by. So be intentional about evaluating, learning how to get better, because that is a lifelong endeavor that you will never regret. The you five years from now will thank you for making that decision today. Um, so, so, so just, just, just to get this, one key is that you said people drift into, you know, just mediocre, you know, business, mm -hmm. right? And, and that I think that one of the issues that I see is that people sometimes are not seeing, they don't yeah. see that. Sure, they think sure. they're still doing good. Yeah. And unless someone really says, Hey, this is not good. They're not seeing right. it because they already full of whatever they believe. Yeah. That's one. The other thing is that you said about the intentional piece, right? In life, everything has to be intentional. And then finally, the concept evaluation. Yeah. I think most of us sometimes don't ask the questions, how did I do? Yeah. Am yeah, I doing right. good? I mean, not everybody's like reflecting on themselves, like, you know, could I have done this? Am I doing good? Am I really doing a good job? Am I doing a bad job? We so tend true. not to do that because we just don't. I mean, it's not so something that is part of our lives. <laughs> yeah. So, so. So thank you so much, you know, for for bringing these these elements to us and sharing those. And at least maybe for folks watching and listening today, they can literally, uh, you know, just reflect on these items and maybe they can put them to practice and hopefully they can see a change in their personal life and their world, you know, in business, whatever the case may be. Uh, that's powerful. So so one last thing: How do we get the book? <laughs> <laughs> you can go to catalyticleadershipbook.com. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, you can get the audiobook, the Kindle edition, or the paperback. But if you go to catalyticleadershipbook.com, I would love, Hurricane, to give your listeners an opportunity to get a free copy. Uh, if they go there and they're willing to pay the shipping so I can get it to them, we'll put a paper copy in their hands. If they're in the domestic U.S., outside the domestic U.S., they can get a free digital copy. There you have it, folks. It's available. And if you're watching, listening, and this is this is super powerful stuff. You know, I think it's an opportunity. And uh, if you just want to buy it in the Amazon, please do so. I mean, I, I think there's, uh, this, this book should be available actually, <laughs> even in in some business, you know, libraries. I think, and and, and some HR departments <laughs> that can be, you know, I mean, listen, I mean, these books have, I mean, we use books in trainings, and we do. These could, these could be some good books and, and practice. Now, do you actually do uh, coaching like to to companies and things like if someone wants? I do. I've done, I've done group coaching, uh, mindset coaching, uh, leadership development and training. Uh, and most of most of what I do these days is one on one uh, and working with leaders intentionally to help them overcome whatever it is that's holding them back. So often a leader will get to a certain point in their career and they get stuck and they don't know why. Uh, and so that's where I can help. Uh, I'll come in and I'll ask questions that maybe nobody else in their life is asking them and help them see what maybe nobody else has ever helped them to see. Well, I, I appreciate that. And and thank you for, 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 you know, that, for the opportunity that you do this, because, you know, I'm always looking at things. Sometimes we do, you know, team building and things like that. And we need some, you know, yeah. some of our leaders, you know, to actually have some, you know, additional knowledge and skills outside, you know, the, the yes. company. And uh, there's always room for that. So I was asking if you, you, you're open to that, because uh, that may be something we can, you know, eventually talk off of the air here, you I'm know. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I thank you so much for, for, for the day and for, you know, just, the wisdom you shared with us. I think just listening to this hour, we've learned quite a bit. And if we apply one or two items from what we heard today and learned today, I think, I think we'll, life will change for us in a lot of ways. Hurricane, thank you for having me on the show. It's been an honor to be here, truly. And and I do hope it's been helpful because, again, I'm not, this isn't coming just out of, out of my head. This is out of experience, mine and that of other people and people who have poured into me. So if I can be a conduit of that, how much the better.
you are <laughs> and we're absorbing and the energy is, is extended to us here and hopefully now we're sharing it through the audiences around the world i mean this is really a worldwide you know a broadcast so people will, will hear it all over hopefully will benefit so thank you so much and and folks thank you for listening and watching with us today and hopefully this is going to be definitely changing your lives and that uh, one way or the other and uh, we'll be talking soon new day new show new guest new topic as always hurricane h here we'll be talking soon bye for now